Hello everybody, Formula 2 return to a more traditional circuit in the form of the Circuit de Barcelona Catalunya for round number 7 of the FIA Formula 2 Championship. And it delivered overtaking, intense strategy calls and a lot of talking points for us to discuss. This is the F2 Show, the official podcast of Inside F2. I'm your host, Fraser Ford, and joining me to review all of the action from this weekend, we have Inside F2 editor, Lawrence Griffin, Inside F2 and Road to F1 expert, Luke John Buckle, and a very warm welcome to our very special guest on the podcast, GB3 driver, Alex Dunn. Coming up on the show then, a magical weekend for Prima. Have they returned to dominant form? We reviewed their successful weekend. Two great races, including a wet to dry sprint race. We discuss some of the action from this weekend. And we reflect on how this weekend's results impact on the championship standings. But before all of that, Lawrence, Luke, great to have you with us again. Uh, yeah, another interesting weekend of Formula 2 action as we approach the halfway point of the season, Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. Things are really hotting up now. You're seeing a lot of drivers come into form and we're gradually building a picture of who's going to be in the mix come the end of the season. And what a weekend it was as well. The the change to the layout of the track, the final chicane finally being get, getting rid of. Wonderful change and really helped the racing. And if that wasn't enough, we got some rain in there as well. So yeah, wonderful, wonderful weekend of raining. Of, of racing rather with some raining um which we don't often say about barcelona do we so it's nice to be able to sit here and say it was a genuinely good weekend of racing so can't wait to get into it yeah and luke i can't believe we're almost at the halfway point of the season would be at the halfway point of the season if we obviously didn't have that round cancelled in in imola it's uh it's gone quick but the the championship's really starting to to you know uh heat up a little bit isn't it we know our contenders really now yeah, the, the the season's flown by already in in Catalonia, and the championship's so close at the front with Porsche and, and Vesti fighting at the top, and with ART and Prima as well. And I think that the change to the Catalonia circuit really worked. Finally, we've got rid of the tricky chicane at the end of the lap. It created a bit more overtaking into Turn One and some good racing as well. Absolutely. We're going to come back to Formula 2 action this weekend in a minute. But Alex, a very warm welcome to yourself, our special guest on this week's episode of the F2 show by Inside F2. And a great weekend uh, to, to have you on. Uh, yeah, we picked a, a good time for you to join us, fresh off the back of a great weekend in GB3 in Spa. And uh, yeah, obviously being on the F2 show at the end of the weekend inspired you to put in one of the greatest weekends that GB3's ever seen, right? Yeah, it was definitely a, a strong weekend. Um, I think the the start of the year was a little bit tricky for us, um, but I think you know coming into to coming into Spa, I knew it's probably one of my favourite tracks on the calendar. I've always always gone well gone well there in in F four, and the pace has always been quite strong. So I think I managed to carry that into GB three pretty well. And 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 why is it that Spa is one of your favourite circuits? What is it about the circuit that that you you like and uh, you obviously go well at? Well, I think. The flow of you know medium and high speed corners is something I really enjoy in particular. Um, you know, I think you really you really get rewarded for kind of stringing everything together. You know, it's not really kind of about just one corner. You know, it's about the flow, and then once you have the flow of the track, it kind of really puts the lap time together. So I think that the track quite suits my driving style. So it's been pretty good. Good and the highest GB3 t uh, total uh, points wise uh, in, in a GB3 weekend. Am I right by saying that? It's uh, how much confidence does that give you moving into the the yeah moving into the future rounds? Only eighteen points off the the championship lead now. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, the start of the year was a little bit difficult, but then obviously off the back of a really strong weekend in Spa, I think makes me feel a little bit better about the rest of the year. Um, I think Snedderton is up next and that's probably another one of my favourites of the year. So that was another place I had. I went really strong in, in, in F4. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. Good, and we'll be uh, yeah supporting you and watching your every move. And we're going to come back to your season a little bit later in the podcast. But let's get into some Formula 2 uh, action then. So, yeah, we'll start with our, our feature race winner, Ollie Behrman. Another great performance and, yeah, really really solidifying his status as a force to be reckoned with this season, Lawrence. Yeah, a- absolutely. It was, a, it was a really wonderful performance from him. And it was great to see the the bravery and the strategy in the in the feature race as well. When when uh, when Felipe Drogovic managed to pull off the overcut, going long on the soft tires, managing them brilliantly, and we, we saw him on the shots how broken up those soft tires were. You know, we waxed lyrical about about Drogovic's ability to do that as someone in his third season, and and Behrman's been able to do similar and execute the race as well as he did in his very first season in F2. So it's only right we we give him plenty of, of praise for that. And it's just that that sort of magical, intangible thing that, that I think both Prima drivers have now, which is just that confidence and that self-belief. Um, you know, and I think the the key as well has been qualifying. The fact that he managed to pull off a Baku pole position with bent steering, and then he's come into Barcelona, which is such a completely different circuit, and got pole position again. I think that really says a lot about how much he's learning already in this in this series so early on, and you know he's got he's got a decent gap in points to to Vestian Porcher, but if he keeps putting it on pole, that gap will come down really really fast. So he is definitely throwing his you know tossing his hat in the ring for for this season's championship, and it would be great to see you know how much he can keep up this momentum that he has. Yeah, and it shows he can go anywhere on the calendar and compete, doesn't it? Which is uh, obviously good signs for him. Alex, you you obviously know um, Ollie as, as, as you know as you've raced with him previously. What is it about Ollie that impresses you as a as a driver and uh, makes it you know makes him the driver that he is? Um, I'd say probably one thing that's most noticeable is probably his ability to adapt. Um, I think you know you saw. Last year was his first year in FIA3 and then this year is his first year in F2. Um, and he's managed to adapt pretty quickly in both. Uh, you know, Last year in F3, he had some really good results and finished top three in the championship. And then this year in F2, obviously, he's doing the same. So I think he's able to adapt to, to new situations really quickly. What, what, what as, a, as a driver, what helps you adapt? Is it is it like your driving style that is adaptable to different cars or is it just about your approach? Is it just about you go into a new car, you just sort of have to sort of almost relearn how you drive um to be honest i think it's just feeling you know some drivers maybe um have a little bit better feeling than others and you know are able to get grips to get to grips with new things a little bit quicker um, and are able to adapt their driving style and and change different things to to get to get used to something new so obviously uh, he's pretty good at that um i think i've also been pretty good at that in uh, throughout my career as well so i think being able to adapt quickly is a really good thing Give it a couple of years and Alex will be doing the same thing in Formula 2. Um, Luke, I, I don't want to jump the gun here. We're only five rounds into his rookie Formula 2 season. But 
are Ferrari going to start looking around for, for an F1 seat for Oli Behrman if he continues the way that he is? Could you see him in a Haas, for example? And, and, and do you think that'll be next year, is in 2024? Or do you think he'll potentially return for another season in, in, in Formula 2 before uh, yeah, Ferrari start looking, looking for an F1 seat for him? Potentially. I mean, he's, he's had a great rookie season so far, delivering the results and some impressive performances, like getting the, the pole in Baku with the bent steering. And there, some teams in full on with Ferrari power, like Alfa Romeo, um, Valtteri Bottas is sort of coming towards the end of his career. And Guan Yu Zhou hasn't been overly spectacular in his year and a half of Formula 1, although it would be harsh to drop him. But if Behrman wins the Formula 2 Championship or challenges it by the time challenges for it by the time we get to Abu Dhabi later in the year, then it will be difficult for potentially a Formula One team to say no to a young talent like like Ben. Absolutely. He's really putting himself in the shop window. As I said, don't want to go too far ahead of ourselves. Only five rounds into his rookie Formula 2 season. But uh, yeah, a great start to the season for, for him. Uh, and a great weekend for Oli Berman, as we've said. And you voted him as your inside F2 driver of the round, receiving 52% of the votes. So well done to him. Okay, let's talk about his teammate and our feature, sorry, our sprint race winner, Frederick Vesti. He retains the championship leader, a solid performance in the sprint race, taking the victory. Uh, and yeah, a, a great weekend overall, Lawrence. He's the, the second highest point scorer of the round. Yeah, and, and that will just keep the, the confidence going. Um, obviously, you'd pref prefer to have put it on pole and won the feature race. But as it was, the way in which he was able to adapt to the conditions in the sprint race and look so convincing out there in front, he never looked like his tyres were struggling. He never looked like he was going to fall off the circuit. And then to execute the strategy as well as he did and to, to fly through the field late on to get a really strong feature race win as well, I think that will absolutely do him, do him wonders for, for his confidence. And, you know with some drivers potentially being the championship leader for the first time could do something to your confidence, could affect your, your concentration or you could feel the pressure of that. And he doesn't seem to have felt that pressure at all. He just seems to really be growing into that role and really, you know, sort of cherish, cherishing the challenge that he's got now. Um, so again, another driver that's going from strength to strength and, you know, everyone else is going to have a job on their hands now to to sort of take that confidence away from him, to try and shut him out, to try and reassert themselves as uh, as as the leading driver in, in F2. Because I think there are so many drivers up there now who are challenging, who are driving so well, that you might have a perfectly good weekend, but somebody else goes out and has a better weekend. You know, you're not getting anything for free anymore at this stage of the season, like you say, midway through. So it is really pressure on everyone else now. And I think Vesti's just focusing on race by race and enjoying where he is in the championship. Yeah, it seems to be growing in confidence every round now, doesn't he? And Prima as well. I mean, yeah, I guess after a bit of a, an uncharacteristically disappointing season last season, they seem to be uh, back as perhaps the team to beat in Formula 2 again. Would you say that's fair, Alex? Um, uh, I think Prima have been, been very strong. Um, you know, ultimately, I think they're very strong throughout all the championships. I experienced that last year in Italian F4 against Kimi. So, you know, I think definitely they're a, a team that know what they're doing. Um, but I think from from what I've seen so far throughout the year, I think there's probably quite a few teams who can challenge 
Um, high tech have been very strong, ART have been strong, and Prema have been strong too. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they're kind of dominating. Um, I think there's probably quite a few different drivers and a few different teams that can challenge, but definitely they're very strong at the moment. And Luke, in terms of their their form, are, are they you know are they are they going to continue to grow? Can you see that Frederick Vesti and as it obviously growing in confidence and Holly Behrman getting to getting to grips with Formula Two? Is this just the start for them? I think so. I think with Vesti, he's apart from the poor round, the opening round he had in Bahrain, he's just been banging in the podiums and the victories and getting in the top fives when he can just to keep up the points total. Not having these big DNFs that really uh, take a, a big hit to his points total. And Prima, are, they're looking good with two very capable drivers with Behrman and, and Vesti behind the wheel. And they're looking good in the Constructors' Championship. And these tracks coming up, they're all you know purpose-built tracks that Prima in Formula 2 and, and further down the ladder that they all know as well. Then it seems that Prima and, and ART are uh, you know, battling up there at the top of the standings, and they look two of the teams to beat. And yeah, Prima are doing they're doing very well, very well. Absolutely, a hundred percent win record for them this weekend. Two races, two wins in Formula Two, and you voted them as your Inside F2 team of the round. With uh, yeah, on our social media channels. So well done to them. Okay, Victor Martins, he finally had a trouble-free weekend uh, after five previous attempts and uh, he ended up on the podium twice, Luke. He's uh, he's had the pace all season long, hasn't he? He just hasn't quite been able to turn that pace into results, but he's, uh, yeah, finally been able to do it this weekend. Yeah, it's been it's been a tricky season for Martins so far at, at ART. We saw last year in Formula 3 and a couple of years ago in Formula 1 winning both those championships. We know he has talent and he's shown great speed and being up there in in most of the races but just clumsy mistakes like in Jeddah in Australia and the the penalty in in Monaco just things going against him but finally in Spain we saw him have a good consistent weekend and his pace uh, come to fruition a bit and uh, collects a couple of trophies and hopefully he can build on this throughout the summer at um at Rebel Ring next time out to start off with that the track he he scored a podium at last year in, in Formula 3. Yeah, he moves himself into the top 10 of the standings. And his teammate, Theo Porsche, the first time he qualified outside the top three all season long, which probably says a lot about his his qualifying this season. But yeah, P9 to P2 in the sprint race, some really good overtakes. But he just seemed to fall back a little bit in the feature race, Lawrence. He was net P3 behind Oddi Behrman and uh, Enzo Fittipaldi. And uh, yeah, dropped back to, to P7 by the end of the feature race. Yeah, I mean, we we saw how electrifying he was on the soft tyres um, in the sprint race once that change from the wets to soft happens, and then for whatever reason, the car just seemed to not perform to the same to the same extent when he came out on the hards. Um, you saw that relative to the other drivers around him, and then once those on the alternative strategy came through on their soft tyres, you know, there's there's not a lot you can do once you're in that in that position. So. A, a bit of a of a tricky weekend for him, but but he'll look at it, and he's he's still only twenty points, I think it is, um, maybe less than that off the off the championship lead. So it, he knows the pace that he's got. They'll maybe want to look at that as to why the pace was slower on on the hard tire. Um, but he, I don't think he he'll be too rocked by by not having a perfect weekend because, like I say, the pace 
for large parts of the of the weekend was absolutely there and he, and he knows if he can continue to get up there in qualifying and qualifying and get back in the in top three then you know that if he were to get into the top three or top five every single qualifying this season and not win the championship that would be you know almost a miracle so if he just keeps focusing on that reminds himself of that performance he'll have he'll have no problems i'm sure yeah and i guess a measure of his consistency is the fact that he's uh yeah only um uh, what are we 100 and uh, oh sorry 11 points back off the off the lead uh, and uh, you know Frederick Vesti's won three races this year he's only won one so far which is a measure of how consistent he's been as well right so um, yeah very good uh, oh, uh, not a very good not a great weekend for Terry Porsche but he's kept himself in contention um, Alex it would be wrong to, to invite you on the podcast and not talk about your team high tech a bit of a difficult weekend in Spain no points in either races but something that stood out for me Jack Crawford he's quite qualifying over the last few rounds uh you know uh, only the uh, yeah only one of three drivers to qualify inside the top 10 in each of the last five rounds he seems to really have cracked qualifying um yeah why do you think he's qualifying so well um i think maybe he's probably quite good under pressure um you know i think sometimes you might see a little bit of drivers who could maybe be quick in in the fps and, and free practice and then struggle a little bit when they get to qualifying um i think he seems to be quite good at, you know, obviously that I think the tire warm up in F2 was quite difficult um, and warming up the brakes as well, because in F2 you have carbon brakes. So I think the warm up in the car is quite difficult. Um, so obviously he's got his head around that and is very good at putting the lap together. Um, I think for for both drivers in high tech, it's probably a little bit more difficult as they're both rookies. Um, you know, so the rookie, I think you see in, in some teams, there's maybe a rookie and then a second or third year driver. So that rookie has some data to try and learn. Um, so I think this year for both of them, it's probably a little bit more difficult than others. Yeah, definitely. How much high tech? Uh, sorry, how much support do high tech offer you in in your own career? And what are the benefits of uh, yeah? I guess driving for one of the best teams in the feeder series ladder. Yeah, absolutely. You know, high tech are definitely an incredible team to be with. They really do help me out a lot. Um, especially the owner Oliver Oaks. You know, he's always looking after me, and he's always really nice to me when I'm in the factory and you know, always messaging me after a race and saying, well done if I did a good job. So, yeah, you know, the the atmosphere in the team is really, really nice. You know, I, I love working with everybody, you know, my engineers, my mechanics, you know, the atmosphere in the team is really nice. I think it kind of, it feels like a family almost, you know, they really, they look after the drivers and, and accommodate them and, and make sure that they're all comfortable within the team. So, yeah, I, I really love being in high tech. Do you get to use the facilities? Do you get to use the gym at high tech or... Uh... <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, although that's probably not one of my favourite parts. Uh, I <laughs> probably prefer being on the sim a little bit more than I do being in the gym. Um, but but yeah, definitely. I think the the gym side with high tech has actually helped me a lot. Um, you know, we we get programs from from the trainer within within the team. Um, and I think since I've since I've been in GB three, obviously the car is a little bit more physical than than F four. Um, but I've able to to step up my training quite a lot with because of high tech. So that's helped me out a lot. What are the differences between the F4 car and the GB3 car? Are there, are there a lot of differences? Um, I think the main standout difference is for sure the downforce. You know, the jump in, in grip and speed that we can carry through a corner is pretty insane, to be honest. Um, I think in, in Sector 2 at Spa alone, um, in comparison to what I did when I was there in F4, I think we're eight or nine seconds faster just in Sector 2. So it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty big jump. 
um, but I really, really enjoy the, the feeling of downforce. I think it suits my driving style a lot more. So definitely I would say the, the changes that I had to adapt to have probably suited me. Bodes well for when you're in Formula 2 then in, uh, in a few years' time. Um, uh, Lawrence, uh, yeah, a much better weekend for, for Jack Dewan. Sorry, returning to the Formula 2 stuff. A much better weekend for, for Jack Dewan and for, for Enzo Fittipaldi this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for, for Enzo Fittipaldi, he looks like he's building that confidence. Um, and likewise for Jack Dewan. I can't help but feel for both of them what they need is a, is a race win. This weekend was was better, um, but you know, you look at Jack Dewan. I think he's he's still seventy points off the off the championship lead, and that's in the category of he needs a few you know near perfect weekends, and for a lot of a lot of people above him to to slip up um, in order to to get back in that fight. There's there's just been points of this season where where it's almost like he's he's gone missing at, at times. He's really struggled for for pace in some of the qualifying sessions, and it's just not been quite coming off for him, you know. And and it's hard from the outside not knowing what's going on with it within the team because it's not what you expect when you know Jack's pace has never been in doubt at all. We saw how how dominant he was in in Spa last last year which is you know it's, it's a proper driver's circuit if you can perform well there you're a good driver you know hands down um but it just hasn't been working well exactly watch out and um and you know so so the pace is definitely there but having stayed with the same team i think everyone was expecting him to go on and, and be right up there challenging for the title right from the get-go I think what it just shows you is Formula 2 is not that easy. It's not that simple to just go on and repeat that performance year on year. There is a lot in the setup of the car that can change performance. There's a lot of individual things that you have to get right when you have a 30-minute practice session, which when it's interrupted with red flags, as it was this weekend, isn't very long at all. And then you're straight into qualifying. And if you have a bad qualifying, that's that's it. It's, it's really hard to get into the points from there. So, you know, he has been having a more difficult season, but we saw signs again, you know, this this week, last week of um, of the, the ability that he's got. Um, so I, I think that'll be a bit of a confidence builder for him to hopefully get back to, to where he is. Because like I say, the the some, something isn't quite right because because Jack Jack Dewan is a better driver than his his, his points tally, tally suggests. That's for sure. Yeah, completely agree, and um, yeah, it's been better since the uh, the mid season test, hasn't it? But hopefully that continues to to, to get better and better. Um, finally, in terms of F two, then Lawrence, uh, twelve races into the season, uh, and PHM they they yet to score a point. Uh, I think it's fair to say it's been a difficult start to to life in Formula Two for them. What what's going wrong for them? Why you know if Charus were were a, were a very decent team in in Formula Two, the team they took over from. What's what's happened? They were. I mean, it's it's difficult. Obviously, they've changed to to PHM now, but it's, it's fundamentally, you know, a lot, a lot of the same team. Um, but you know, we, we've seen this with with teams in the past. You know, we've we've spoken about how how dominant Prima were, and then suddenly last season um, they weren't anymore. Um, there's a lot that can that can that can go wrong, wrong as I said, and um, obviously Shrews are finding it tough at the moment. You know, they've got they've got. Um, quite an experienced driver in in Roy Nassani, which should help them, and so that they will be learning a lot from him from his feedback throughout this season. Um, 
but the thing is we won't see signs of that immediately that's going to be something sort of long term i think if you're in shrews right now you'll you'll look to get a lot of hope from looking at teams like campos and campos went all of last season without without scoring right at the bottom of the pecking order and they've had some really great pace this season look at the way Ralph Boschung performed in Bahrain. Look at how consistent Kushmini's been for them this season. So they'll have their heads up. They've, you know, that Shrews have got enough experience in this series to know how to make the car work. Um, so Shrews fans, don't worry, they will be they will be back up there in 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 no time at all. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Do, do do you think their drivers will be under a little bit of pressure, Luke? I don't like talking about drivers losing their seats because it's, it's it's obviously yeah not a nice conversation to have but yeah do you think their drivers will be under a little bit of pressure given we know how much turnover there is uh, on the on the formula 2 grid sometimes yeah i think so it's it's been you know as Lauren was saying it's been a tricky season for them and especially for nisani you know he's been around for a while now and he's expected to be the experienced guy on the on the team it just hasn't quite worked out for him and throughout his formula 2 career really he hasn't had that pure pace that some other guys have but hopefully when we get to a run of permanent circuits throughout the summer where that should help them a bit where they know those tracks a bit more whereas before earlier in the year we had Jeddah and Australia where there are a lot newer tracks where they teams and drivers don't know as well so even especially Australia where it's a new track for everyone uh, but hopefully they can score their first points in Austria and Austria tends to throw up some good racing as well in in Formula 2, so hopefully they can get on the scoreboard there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a look at the championship standings after this weekend then. Frederick Resty retains the championship lead following on from another uh, winning weekend, albeit the sprint race this time. Teo Porsche and Ayumu Owasa remain the Danes' closest competitors. However, feature race winner Oli Behrman moves closer to the top three. He'll be hoping for more wins in the second half of the season. Dennis Halger and Richard Vashore remain the only drivers to score in every single race so far, or every single round so far this season even. They remain P5 and P6. And Victor Martins moves into the top 10. And the team standings. Promer extend their lead at the top of the team standings to 36 points after picking up wins uh, this weekend. ART remain their closest rivals. Carlin moving to the top five after a podium in the feature race, courtesy of Enzo Fittipaldi. They go level on points with fourth place MP Motorsport. Only two points in it between Hitech and Virtuosi in P8 and P9. And Trident and PHM round out the final places. Okay, before we go, Alex, where are you headed next in the GB3 Championship? Uh, Snedderton is, is next up on the calendar in uh, a week and a half's time. A week and a half's time, we'll be watching, as we've already said, 18 points off the, the top of the standings. There's a long way to go, uh, 15, 15 rounds or so. Um, yeah, it's game on in terms of the championship for you, right? Is that your is that your your aim or is are you just taking it round by round? Um, well, I think, you know, I take it round by round, but obviously the championship as a racing driver is always in the back of my mind. Um, I think after having such a, a good weekend in Spa, I'll I'll do my best to to keep on getting those good results and and stay as consistent as possible. Um, and once I do that, then the championship should follow. Absolutely, Luke. You are our road to F one expert. You've been following GB three closely this season. Uh, yeah, I think you had a few few questions for Alex, right? 
Yeah. Um, hi, Alex. Um, you had a great weekend at, at Spark, also the, the double win. Before that, at Alton at Silverstone, it looked a bit tricky. With you know, you had the incident with John Bennett at Silverstone. Do you, do you feel um, you know anything clicked for you this weekend? Um, to be honest, I think I, I felt pretty comfortable in the car since round one. Um, I think in 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 round one, kind of things didn't really go our way. There was a little bit of traffic in qualifying, and I think you know you kind of see the the standard thing with Alton. If you don't get qualifying right, then pretty much where you start is where you're going to finish. So I think that made the weekend look a little bit worse than what it could have. Um, in Silverstone, I think the pace was was really strong, you know, double P2 in, in qualifying. And I think ultimately we definitely had the pace to win in, in race two before the collision. Um, and then again in, in race three coming through in the reverse grid like in Spa. So, you know, I think the pace has always been there or thereabouts. Um, and then in Spa, I think everything kind of just finally came together. You know, from the start to the end of the weekend, there was no mistakes, no hiccups. Um, you know, everything went well, qualifying, race one, two and three. So I think definitely um, it clicked a little bit more, but I do feel like we've we've always been there or thereabouts. Um, it was only a matter of time um, of when we get to show it in the results. And now you're further up towards the top of the championship. Does that change your mentality slightly? And one of the other guys at the top of the championship, Joseph Loke, you raced him last year in British F4. So does that give you any sort of benefit? Um yeah, I would say my, my, in terms of my mentality, it probably hasn't changed. You know, I went into the championship with the attitude of wanting to do as, as well as I possibly could, um, you know, get as many good results as I can, and then what will be will be. Um, obviously, like you said, I raced against Joseph in F4. Um, I think he's he's a very talented driver, and, and we've seen that at the start of this year. Um, I think he had a, a little bit of a difficult weekend in, in Spa, which was probably in my benefit. Um but, but yeah, you know, no doubts that uh, throughout the rest of the year, he's going to be very fast along with uh, a lot of the other drivers. So I just need to do the, the best I can and, and focus on myself. And just one more question from me. Yeah, of course, next weekend, um, what are you expecting there? It's, it's always so tricky there. It's tricky to, to overtake there in F4. What are you expecting in GB3? And do you think it'll be all about qualifying and, uh, you know, similar to Alton where, where you qualify is where you finish more or less? Um, I think it will probably be a little bit easier to overtake um, than Alton, but I think it, it will still be very difficult. Um, I went really well there in, in F4 last year. I think I won race three by 10 seconds and I had the fastest lap by almost a second. So that's been a, a pretty good track for me in the past. Um, so hopefully if I, can, uh, if I can have the same look I had there last year, I think I'd be pretty happy. A second a lap faster than anyone else would be nice uh, in a couple Absolutely. of weeks time as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, sorry, one more from me. Um, oh, I guess, what, what are your aspirations for the future, uh, other than being spoken about regularly on the F2 show by Inside F2, of course, when you're a Formula 2 driver? But what is, is the next step, FIA Formula 3 for you and then, and then Formula 2 in the future? Or what? what's the aspiration? Um Yeah, you know, I think to, to kind of do the best I can and, and climb up the ladder up to, up to Formula 1. Uh, obviously, after GB3 this year, I'd say the next major step would be FIA F3. Um, I'm not quite sure as to whether or not that will, is what I will do. Um, obviously, that's what I would love to do, and that would be the goal. Um, but I think I have to focus on the on getting good results this year first. Um, but yeah, you know, absolutely, my goal is to to make it up through the ladder and and one day be a Formula One driver and a Formula One world champion. Well, listen, everyone inside F2 wishes you all the best and we'll yeah. be following your journey. Uh, and yeah, that's all we got time for today. So my thanks to Lawrence and to Luke for joining me as always. And a special thank you to Alex Dunn for joining us on today's show.
If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give it a like, subscribe to hear more Formula 2 content and get involved in the conversation as well on our social media channels. We always love hearing your thoughts and opinions. But from me, Fraser Ford, and all of us here at Inside F2, we'll see you next time.